becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger in a crowded room. It's a dream that you to make real. Passing over the songs. I think we're set. I am recording. Cool. Hi, Matt. Hey, Michael. <laughs> How's it going? It's nice to see your face. I know, man. It's uh, it's you're still flat though. <laughs> yeah, still two D. I, I like to see you in the round. <laughs> I like I like in the round plane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Social distance podcast number three. Is that it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. You may need to adjust your gain down slightly. You're, you're kind oh, of... Um, I'm going to go the right way this time. No, How's that's that? the wrong way. Damn it. <laughs> All right. How are we looking there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's try it there. Let's roll with it. All right, let's roll with it. <laughs> Quick, uh, do you have a Corona update for us? Um, man, I've been actually really busy i haven't uh i'm probably like two days old right now maybe a day old um i think we're pretty much where we've always where we've been for a while which is still still figuring it out and uh we're now uh uh everyone has to wear masks last two days at the at the roasting facility so employees uh, uh uh-huh so that's been interesting. We've we had a meeting where everyone was wearing masks and everybody was mumbling, <laughs> which was <Yeah>. not fun. <laughs> Have uh, customers for the most part been wearing masks on, uh, when they come into the store? Yeah, I think yesterday everyone was surprised. Like, oh no, should I be wearing a mask? And they were kind of a little bit like, uh, not everybody got the 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 memo. So, but so are you are y'all telling people to? Yeah, uh, the 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 letter from. Um, Sarah Eckhart and uh, Adler um, said that it's not really forced. It's they're kind of just wanting the public to do it out of their own goodwill, mm-hmm. and so we're not we're not asked to like you know not serve somebody if they're not wearing a right. It's not on you to enforce it. Exactly. That's exactly. good. Well, yeah. I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be unfair to put that on you know businesses to enforce that. It's but there's definitely a social thing where. When people realize they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm sorry," we're like, "No, no, don't worry about it. You know, this is all new. We're all getting <laughs> yeah, used to it. Right. <laughs> it's not something that is normal." <laughs> I'm going to ask you to turn your gain up now. <laughs> the okay. signal's a little low. Oh, uh, I get. I right, right stop right there. All right, is that good? I think so. We'll, we'll see. Right. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, I've been pretty um, surprised by the how quickly people started wearing masks. Like just go. I mean, the only place I really go is to the grocery store. But mm-hmm. um, it seems like the vast majority of people are are doing it. Yeah, which is surprising because you know I think um, if a month ago, or let's let's go a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, you said everyone's <laughs> going to be wearing masks in a month and a half, it would almost be inconceivable. Like our culture, it's just so it's so shocking to, for our culture to do that. Yes. Especially on a culture that's, uh, we really, uh, uh, what do you call it? Our freedoms are so, are so personal freedoms are so value, highly valued, you know? So absolutely. I I think that's, it's kind of quite impressive actually. I mean, I don't know. We live in Austin though too. So I don't know if, if like what the difference is between rural and Mm -hmm. urban areas. If, if that is, if that's a difference. Well, and maybe there's a point to be made there that, 
we really value our freedom and we are doing this freely and voluntarily. Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that some, <clears throat> some cities seem to be a little bit stricter about the rules they put in place, but you know, yeah. nobody's telling me I have to do it, but I'm doing it. And yeah. so is almost everyone else. Yeah, our friend in uh, Colombia, uh, Allison, was just talking to her today, I believe. But uh, they're—I mean, it's super strict. Uh, they've closed off neighborhoods, like like I think it's like concrete blocks. Like you cannot go in, you cannot go out. Wow. You have to go to your local shops that are on in your block area. Hmm. Um, and but they're they're having a problem because uh, um, some of the poor people up in the mountain or hills or mountains. Uh, when the trucks come in to f- to fill the stores, they'll come and just basically attack the 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 trucks and take oh, wow. everything off of it. Wow! Yeah, because they don't they they can't get they can't go anywhere. So it's hmm. it's it's pretty crazy. But. So they're bringing trucks into the neighborhoods to bring food to people because they're not allowing people to go to stores. Is that? To their to their local like uh, uh, I've never been to Colombia but uh, uh, like in Mexico I'm imagining it's fairly similar where you have your local um, kind of like uh, uh, like our I was about to say Seven Eleven oh yeah it was Seven Eleven here we have Tootin Totems in Amarillo so every time I would use Tootin Totem <laughs> they was like what the hell what is, is a Tootin Totem Dad gum Shoot ya! Um, what darnation? <laughs> well, I'll be. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, just like a, basically a regular truck that would normally uh, go to those stores are are being gotcha. kind of taken over. But and that's another thing I've been really impressed with is how orderly the grocery store has been. It's been very orderly. I mean, for the most part, almost everything seems to be in stock. Um, yeah, I, I think. I don't know how other stores are handling it, but HEB has really risen to the task of, mm-hmm. um, like, kind of heroically, I think. Yeah. Keeping, I think you're right, too. Going. Yeah, because I've heard other, like, uh, I was talking to my parents, and, you know, their their stores are kind of out of some things, and, and but uh, HEB seems to be really killing it, so. Yeah. But... But so, someone told me they have like because of the hurricanes and stuff like that, they have specific like disaster relief team or whatever it's called. It's Already like a lot in of place. systems in place. Yeah, yeah that makes sense because HEB is a, a Texas only brand. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they just they might be in Louisiana now too, maybe. Hmm. But yeah, but they do they do a really good job in crowd control and all that kind of stuff. They've done yeah. They've done a good job. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. So before the um, before we hit record here, we were mm-hmm. kind of chatting about the things on your mind, really, and you were talking to me a lot about freedom, and it's it's interesting the way that we have. Um, I, I think freedom is on a lot of people's minds because, mm-hmm. especially as we begin to come out of this, like what sort of you know, for the most part, the the lockdown measures have been fairly voluntary, yeah. not really enforced, um, and we have exercised our freedom to comply. Mm-hmm. At least that's one way of looking at it. And yeah. there is certainly a question looming in the air, like what will happen as we start to, what's the opposite of lockdown? 
uh, release. Unlock up. (laughs) (laughs) Unlock. (laughs) Unlock. Um, As we start to release each other out into the world and into businesses and, you know, reopen the economy, um, what's, what will freedom look like then? But I'm curious what you're thinking about freedom, freedom. And I think you said security right, right now in this time. Yeah, that's a it's a really hard one. Uh, Alice and I were talking about before the podcast, and, um, and she just actually made me even more confused <laughs> as we were as we were talking about it. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start. I guess really, well, the first thing I remember when we were texting, and and the family unit came to mind. You know, as mm-hmm. far as you know, as parents, you provide security for your, your kids and it's a kind of more authoritarian slash monarch, monarch, monarchist, (laughs) (laughs) whatever monarchy, uh, somewhere in that area. And you have kind of supreme rule over your house. So you can kind of like have that sort of provide that security, Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, as whenever someone's like a, when there's like a baby, uh, that's, there's a lot more restriction as far as what you allow your kids to do because you don't want them to get hurt. They're not capable. But as they grow older, you have to kind of release that restriction and give them more freedom in order for them to engage the world and make mistakes and, and experience their boundaries. Um, and I, I imagine as, as, as good parents, we should kind of, uh, they should, kids should experience certain things at certain ages. If not, then when they're 20, then they run into problems because they run into situations where they should have, mm-hmm. um, experienced that freedom to screw up, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like when you take situations like the COVID, uh, kind of the lockdown stuff. Like there's a, there's a certain amount where, you know, we kind of give up some of our freedoms because there's a danger, you know, real perceived or somewhere in between Mm -hmm. danger. And again, I'm just saying that just because we're, we're still figuring out what is the, what is the actual danger, you know, um, you know, some people would say, oh, it's a zombie apocalypse and other people is like, oh, no big deal at all, you know? Yeah. So it's it's somewhere in between that, those two things. <laughs> right. We don't know. We won't know probably for another year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So there's a sort of restriction that's that's for security, not only for ourselves, for, for those around us. And so we give up some of our freedom to do that. And that's good for a time, you know, it's like, and how, how much time, you know, can we exist in that space? You know, I think other countries live in that space a lot more than, than we do. I mean, like in China and and more communist countries where you have a, a more authoritarian or totalitarian government that mm-hmm. provide, has a lot more restrictions, but there's also this guise of safety that they're taking care of us and will be taken care of. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, uh, you don't have as much freedom in order you give up freedom for that security. So I think that's the part I'm, I'm just been kind of thinking about is in context of family and with the COVID stuff and what does it mean to 
allow that, but then there also has to be a release of those restrictions at some point. Or, you know, you know, do we, you know, there's some argument too with the Patriot Act and what happened after 9-11 that we kind of gave up some things that, you know, may not have been so great in that area. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know that as, as well, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as well versed in that, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah. we definitely uh, did give up some freedoms. I mean, you feel it every time you fly on an airplane going through TSA and you've got mm-hmm. to take your shoes off. Yeah. It's sort of like humiliating this act of, of humiliation to submit to removing your clothes <clears throat> in public. I mean, that's, that's, that's giving up some freedom. <clears throat> it's giving up some trust. But then after a while, it's no thing though. I don't even think about taking off my shoes now. Oh, I do every time. I hate really? it. Really? Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> hate it. I think it's so demoralizing. Really? Why yeah. is that? I mean, probably partly because removing your shoes is 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 a pretty um, strangely meaningful thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, metaphor around removing your shoes and and even sort of the idea of like the cleansing of feet. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like a very vulnerable thing to do in a public space, and to put my yeah. feet on the the public ground that has thousands of people walking all through it. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't have any sort of papers or studies to back this up, but I'm fairly, mm-hmm. I would, I'm confident enough to say it's, it's providing us no benefit like yeah. to the security of our airplanes. It's not mm-hmm. benefiting us. It's sort yeah. of a security theater. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's something we do to say that we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, which is evident because, you know, we've opened that, the whole system up to where you can apply for pre-check and then you no longer have to remove your shoes and all yeah. sorts of different things. But, um, I, I don't know, you were, you were, um, setting this up in a way that seemed like freedom and security were a trade-off. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. if that is a a true premise here that in order mm. to receive security, I must give up freedom. I mean, you hear it from your kids all the time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is a free country. I can do whatever you Well, Not in this house. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, there's, there's a, you know, anytime you're in relationship with anybody or, you know, there's a certain amount of freedom that you give up to to be in relationship and so you know us as a country it's like we we have to give up a certain amount of freedom to exist and to um to coexist as a as a as a group Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's kind of the social contract we're always negotiating is you know there are times where you know we as a society agree that you know, this, this, this restriction is good, but you know, you can also see in history where, where freedoms have been given up and never been, you know, given back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, and I think that's, that's the aspect a, of freedom that's sort of pregnant in everyone's mind right now is, mm-hmm. are we going to get back whatever we are being asked to give up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so far isn't a ton 
Mm-hmm. But I think that as we start to work out the mechanics of of reopening, those questions yeah. are going to become really relevant. But you said something earlier about the family unit sort of being authoritarian, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's really true. And I think I think you were the first person to say this to me. But the family unit is also a communist unit, and yeah. it works really well. Mm. Um, when you scale communism up to the society level it goes really, really badly. But as a family unit, it works really well. And there's almost no other way for it to work. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it has to be, I mean, in order for communism to work, or even more extreme socialism, it's like you have to have uh, the threat of force. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, that's just, there's just no other way to get people to work together on that kind of scale without some sort of, extreme consequence if you do not toe the line, you know? Right. Which is exactly what we do with our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is threat of force. We're going to force mm-hmm. you to do things you don't like. We're going to force you to do chores. You're going to have consequences for not complying with the rule of the house, mm-hmm. the law of the house. Yeah. Don't eat for two months. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> No, so I mean, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, even in like, I mean, for us in the United States, we see ourselves as fairly free and, you know, but there are those threats of force as far as, you know, we do have prisons, Mm -hmm. we do have laws, there's things that we have negotiated to, um, that we negotiated with each other through our government to Mm -hmm. have that sort of, but at the same time, you know, if, I think that's the problem is right now we're probably existing as teenagers or middle schoolers. You know, it's like you have, you have freedom, but also at the same time, you don't have, you can't, you can't leave your house. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, mm-hmm. you're still within these walls and, uh, we're gra- I don't know we're if that's grounded. Great, we're grounded. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Which is, you know, again, I think just, I think if, just to frame this conversation too, we're, you know, I think we're still in this space where we all see that this is necessary and we're willing to wear the masks. And, you know, even though it just got pushed to May 8th, I mean, that's a long ways away. That's a whole other month. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy to think another month like this. Uh, but, but we've kind of like, I think most people are sort of like, okay, I think we can do this. You know, yeah. I think there's some question marks in there too. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I think that's what I'm most curious about is where do we, where do we go from here? Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about the security that is sort of being bought with the freedom at the price of freedom. And I think I actually have been feeling some of that security. Mm -hmm. Just thinking, I mean, the big variable in my life is my kids. They go back and forth between their mom's house and my house and Mm -hmm. the shelter in place order does not affect standing court orders. The possession schedule is a court order. So that's, that stays in place. Yeah. Um, And so that's a variable. Um, And, there are certainly times like I, 
we're probably all hyper aware. Like anytime mm-hmm. you feel a little twinge in the back of your throat, you're like, Oh no, is this the beginning? Oh, no. You know, or you wake up just feeling a little weird. Like I kind of woke up the other day and just felt a little sore in my back. And I think likely mm-hmm. it's because I've just, I've been working out every day cause there's nothing mm-hmm. else to do. And I was just sore, but I thought, what is this? Is this the beginning? <laughs> you know, um, we're all kind of feeling that looming anxiety that we've been talking about. And, when I, when I, there's another part of my brain that's a little bit more rational that evaluates what my risk might be. And I think, you know what? I don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. When I do go where, somewhere, I, I wear a mask. I yeah. handle things carefully. I wash my hands really well when I get home. Mm-hmm. Really careful with anything new that I bring into my house to either wipe it down, wash it off, whatever. Um, throw away the outside packaging of things as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Like my risk is... and. We're in Austin. Uh, luckily, our case rate is really low. I think we're in the, mm-hmm. I checked today, six, se- seven, six, seven hundred, something around there. Something like that, yeah. I mean, it's almost nothing mm-hmm. compared to our population size. And yeah. given the fact that I'm not interacting with anybody, my chances of getting COVID are wildly low at this point mm-hmm. because I've been quarantined for quite some time. Yeah. So... Um, you know, that is providing me some security. Yeah. And I am thankful for that security right now. Mm-hmm. How long will I be willing to pay the price that I'm paying for it? I don't know. Not forever. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You do feel that's, that is providing that security for you. Yeah. At times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, when I, I think when I go through the mental process of some amount of fear, and anxiety that I might get it, and I think my fear and anxiety about that is definitely rooted in the fact that I'm a single parent half the time and I'm mostly mm-hmm. scared of like, I can't be sick, super oh, sick yeah. and take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we're all sick? I mean, I've ha- we've all been sick together before. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> miserable, you know? Horrible. Right. Uh, um, and then and I'm quarantined. So yeah. And yeah. then like, what if I'm sick and they're not here, then I'm just sick alone, nobody to take care of me and nobody's going to come by because they don't want to get sick. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's a scary aspect of this that I, I've, you know, we've all heard that when you die of COVID right now, you die alone yeah. in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the chances of me getting and dying, I think are astronomically low because mm-hmm. of my age and health condition uh, or lack of health conditions. Um, but there's so much imagery, so many possibilities, so many unknowns that, mm-hmm. that they're all swirling around. And every once in a while, one of them can kind of dive bomb in and take over for a second. And yeah. so then I, you know, when that happens, I try to rationally consider my self and what I'm doing. And I think in those moments, I, I do think, okay, you know, what we're all doing right now is significantly limiting whatever possibility there was to begin with that that crazy scenario might happen to me mm-hmm. here. So yeah, there's a sense of security. Yeah. Now you just made me think about all those things. I usually don't think about those things. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've got a lot of time on my hands. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny cause uh, again, I am concerned with all these things, but like, I don't really I'm not so like, I just think of more for other people. Like I don't mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll wear the mask if it makes you feel better, you know? Yeah. 
uh, I'll wash my hands, you know, 50 times a day, mm-hmm. you know, just, just to, you know, make, make the environment, okay, you know, where everyone feels comfortable, right. you know? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, well, but I think that's partly the security I'm feeling is that everybody mm-hmm. is voluntarily complying to this. And I think for the most oh, part, true. everybody's doing that. And yeah. so it's not just what I'm doing. It's not like wearing mm-hmm. a mask at the grocery store is for me giving me security. It's the mm-hmm. fact that gotcha. we're all being particularly careful with the mm-hmm. way that we handle our hygiene and our health right now. Yeah. And I think that's going to significantly improve the health of the people in general. And I would imagine that cases of flu and common cold are going drastically down as well. Oh, probably so, yeah. Um, so that is a little bit of peace of mind in mm-hmm. in a time of extreme <clears throat> unknowns. Yeah. We really have no idea how deadly it is. We have no mm-hmm. idea how many people have it or have had it or will get mm-hmm. it. We j- I mean, the numbers floating around are dubious at best. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard some I've heard some things where that expected death toll is actually starting to come down more than mm-hmm. I think it was like Again, there's so many different ones. So if I if I'm quoting one that's not correct, you can just ignore it. <laughs> but anywhere from like it was like a hundred to two hundred thousand. Now it's even I think I've heard down to seventy thousand to sixty thousand type yeah. type of numbers. But again, I, that I'm just saying I don't really even. There's so many numbers out there right now. It's, yeah, it's I mean, I don't think crazy. that we need to like be the ones to espouse yes. the problem with the numbers. There's pl- like go For listen sure. to <laughs> go listen to plenty of other people about that. But we have yeah. we have a, a nominator a denominator problem. We don't know how many people have it or have had it. Mm-hmm. We have a numerator problem. We don't understand who's actually dying from it, and the people who we think are dying from it are they actually dying from that? Mm-hmm. Was it complicit? So. Um, find that information elsewhere. But it's, it does seem to me that the numbers that we're all fixated on, I mean, even I'm somewhat fixated on them. I'm checking every day, the Travis County numbers and the, what is it? I H M U I M H U numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even, even knowing that they're nowhere near accurate and their models at best. Um, well, that's the thing I wonder too is, you know, uh, is like how are, you know, even with, even in this time of uncertainty, you know, being able to exercise in the framework that we do have a certain amount of freedom, you know, like, um, I don't even know how to, how to go there, honestly. Well, again, I mean, as we're sitting here just talking about all the different stats and stuff like that, it mm-hmm. just seems like, you know, in a time of uncertainty, you don't really, and also that providing that security as far as not, you know, reducing our risks of getting this. Um, yeah, I think I'm just I'm just more curious on how we're going to come out of this than anything else. Like I'm, I'm willing yeah. to to make the sacrifices that we need to make, but I, I need to also at some point see where this is going. <laughs> right. You know, it's going to be a really interesting year. It's going to be a really interesting election cycle for those reasons because there are about a 
billion <laughs> reasons for this to change the political landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I'm thinking at the current moment is that, okay, so I think we've somewhat established the hypothesis that it's necessary to give up some amount of freedom in exchange for some amount of security. That can be taken to its extremes, into authoritarianism Mm -hmm. um, and communism. Or it can be um, taken to the other extreme of absolute chaos Mm -hmm. uh, and anarchy. Yeah. And there has to be, there has to be um, the right balance. And I think it's important that we find ourselves somewhere in the middle. And I think America's gotten that right as, as much that balance as right as anyone else has. Mm-hmm. more right than anyone else has. Yeah. But this, this idea, like we do need to be, we need to be free at the expense of some security. I think it's mm-hmm. necessary for our continued development as people. And you were talking about the family, family unit and kids and needing to give freedom to the point of consequence to your kids, mm-hmm. like allow them to make mistakes. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that is freedom to the point of consequence because, yeah. because they need to learn. And if you, if you withhold that freedom from them in order to prevent the mistake and the consequence in the name of security and protection, you stifle them. And I think we know well that that leads to, many sorts of mental illnesses and neuroses mm-hmm. or think, even rebel- rebellion too. Yeah, absolutely. Which is another interesting, um, thing societally that we don't want is mm-hmm. rebellion and revolution. I mean, we know that those are super deadly. Yeah. So we have to figure out, let me rephrase that. I don't want to say we have to, cause it sounds like it sounds too political. I, I we need to sacrifice freedom for security, but we also need to sacrifice security for freedom mm-hmm. or we stifle and stunt our growth as a people and as a society. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the same, I think that scales out of the family unit in a way that other things don't. Yeah. Like we can't be authoritarian and, and we can't, in my opinion, be communist uh, or even extremely socialist, but um, we need security and we also need freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I just struggle with that so much right now because I, I feel like I can't go to the freedom part just yet, just because I've, uh, I'm, I'm pretty like, I understand where we are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, in my mind, I'm, I'm already trying to work out three, six months, a year from now, two years from now and what that looks like. So that's, I really, I, I enjoy that space. And I think, which are usually fairly easy for me to kind of formulate, but it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, 
I just think it's it's a little bit hard for me right now to see that. I just I don't you know, if we keep pushing the 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 dates as far as when the quarantine's over, um, you know, just how we interact socially, you know, is it again, I'm just going to go more uh, crazy on this is that, you know, do we end up turning more to online forums like this type of thing? And that's taking the place of going to the pub. I mean, I don't see that, but I don't, I don't see any alternatives outside of, uh, some sort of release happening in the next three to six months, you know, and heading into a better, into a more personal space. I definitely think there's going to be a new normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure about social interactions and pubs specifically. I'm, I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried. <laughs> I am. I just I uh, I love the energy of going and being around people who are um I don't know, a, a pub specifically is a place to be social. Mm-hmm. It's not a place to work. It's not yeah. a place to have a business meeting. It's a place to talk to people about things other than those other than work. Mm-hmm. Um and I really, I just value that in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and absolutely we can figure out other ways to do that, but that's been a staple in societies for thousands of years is the pub. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, but I do know that, um, I think that things like this, like video conferencing are going to be the new default. Mm-hmm. Working from home is going to be the new default where that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, not because it's necessary, but because I think it, at the very least, this is already proving to some of our businesses that we can be just as productive and valuable mm-hmm. at home than we can be in an office. And when companies are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on office spaces in yeah. downtown Austin, well, they could just not spend that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, will they start spending it again? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like, uh, you might not want to answer this, but uh, do you feel like your company's functioning more efficiently now that everyone's working at home? Mm, efficiently or effectively? I don't, have a, I don't have an immediate answer for that. I mean, in some ways, yes. Effectively, yes. We're, we're operating effectively. In some ways, more efficiently. In some ways, less. Mm-hmm. It's just It's just changing the... It's just changing the shape and color of the way that we do business. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, short-term and long-term of that is. It's like, you know, right now everyone has somewhat of the energy to maybe discipline to work from home. Mm -hmm. Um, But is that something that wanes after a little while? You Mm -hmm. know, after it's like you're just tired of working at home. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you need that that interaction. I think so. And, you know, maybe that's part of the way that this changes is like, you know, maybe they don't reopen the office spaces, but maybe we reopen some public spaces like coffee shops mm-hmm. uh, and people start not just working from home, but working from home and other places. You know, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's so hard. Cause like everything I do is 100% people facing. I know. Well, and there's a lot of people in our society and in our economy right now in your position. Mm-hmm. I think 
you're, you're one of two people that I know in that position where mm-hmm. your job is public facing and it's yeah. service industry jobs. It's, it's, um, like food industry jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it's not something like, uh, I would not be a very effective boss if I was, I could probably work from home, uh, but I would not be a very effective boss because right. it's like it's so people facing. It's yeah. like, uh, what do I do? Zoom in while they're fixing coffee and right, right. <laughs> say, hey, in. how's it going? Yeah. Uh, sorry, man. I'm I'm working right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's that's a that's an interesting interesting aspect to that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, how people are how people were engaging this. I wonder also personality wise, because I mean, a certain part of this doesn't really affect me very much. Like I have my routines and I just do my routines. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I think the main thing is, is the pub interaction and having coffee shops that are empty. (laughs) I mean, other than your business being dramatically affected by this. It yeah. doesn't seem like your personal routine has changed all that much. Mm-mm. Which is no. wild. It is. My personal routine has been pretty blown to shreds. Yeah. Well, I think for you specifically, because, you know, being a single parent, you know, Alice and I are fortunate enough to have that sort of where you know, she can, she can be at home with the kids and stuff. Uh, I mean, she also, she's also a dual or a postpartum groups and stuff like that, but. Right. And that's all moved online for her. That's all moved online. Yeah. Yeah. So, and our kids are old enough now to somewhat take care of themselves, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of like we are in a position to where not have to like, I don't have to be at home, you know, wrangling in <laughs> all my meetings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> Well, that's going on. Um, but yeah, it's so funny. I'm really having, it's like, I I think you kind of put your, when you went on the whole idea of how much this is providing kind of security for you. And I would say also for me and how we're moving forward with this, um, it's really hard to talk about freedom right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just, it doesn't feel, um, I think more in my mind right now, the idea of the freedoms that we, we've kind of given up, you know, whether going to the pub or out to the coffee shop or, you know, not, not wearing a mask or, you know, there's all these different things, you know, going, going counterclockwise on the trail. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the thing is, I I don't think that we've exactly given up our freedom in the same way that you might under authoritarianism or under communism. We haven't given our freedom to an entity. We haven't given our freedom to the government. We haven't given our freedom to a ruler. We have, we have, we've given our freedom over to each other Mm -hmm. and said, you know, I don't know right now, but for the best interest of you and the best interest of me, I'm going to exercise my freedom to limit some of my other freedoms. Yeah. And and I think that's why it does feel really, like it doesn't feel bad. 
Yeah. It doesn't feel like I've lost freedom exactly. Mm-hmm. I am, well, I'm no longer free to like go work in a coffee shop because the coffee shops are closed. Yeah. Um, but the other things, I mean, I'm doing voluntarily and that may be as simple as, you know, I've, I've been talking, I've been spending a lot of time talking to my neighbors recently and I'll stand a good 10 feet away, which at first felt very socially awkward and mm-hmm. now feels very normal and even sort of loving. Yeah. And I think we talked, you know, you and I have talked about this, I think last time in the, the last episode that you, know, you and I are both, we hug, we mm-hmm. hug each other. We hug other people. I'm giving up my freedom to engage in that practice right now. Yeah. But I'm not doing it because someone's told me that I can't. Well, I think there's a there's also an acknowledgement from our government that they're asking us to give up some of that freedom. And I see and again you know, government solving problems is always, it's like a big clumsy giant, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I really have been impressed with the EDIL or EIDL and the PPP loans. Uh, we're starting, uh, uh, another friend of mine just got his PPP loan a couple of days ago and it feels, Oh, this also sucks. I have allergies, so now I'm starting yeah, to like simultaneously allergy season in Austin, <laughs> so, which Austin is uh-huh. is is known for having <laughs> the worst allergies in all of America. Yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah. So now I've got a little cough and I'm sneezing, and oh geez, my eyes are just want to scratch them out. Anyways, um, so what's a PPI PPL loan? Uh, uh, payroll uh, payroll protection, protection loan. Yeah, payroll protection program. And the EDIL is, uh, uh, shoot, uh, disaster relief. Oh my gosh, I just left my line. But there are and two forms. Both of those are intended to go straight to the employees of businesses, right? It's it's to to help keep jobs. Is that true? No. So it 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 has that it has that purpose behind it. So. Um, so basically, they're both loans. Uh, so both have to be paid back. Okay. However, the PPP one, if you whatever percentage, whatever you use towards keeping staff on, can be forgiven. So, like, if you let's just say you have a hundred thousand dollars, seventy five percent of that, if you use it for payroll, will be forgiven. So that is and money then, going directly from the government into people's pockets. Mm-hmm. Like not, not into, and I want to make this distinction because I think there's been a lot of much ado about it, um, yeah. in politics, but that does seem to me like that is going directly from the government into your employees pockets or well, into a it, business employees pockets. Yeah. Well, it goes into, it goes into my account and then I pay, I, I use that money. And if I use that money to, for payroll, then it, it can be forgiven. Right. But the problem is, is like most of us, twenty five percent can be used for you know utilities and um, uh, uh, rent, and, and that and, and that's a straight up loan. It has to be paid back. Mm-hmm. So that is not free money. 
Well, it it can be if if you do the seventy five twenty five split, right? Then that can that will be forgiven. But all of our expenses are a lot more than twenty five percent. But there's a, <laughs> right, but there's a distinction to be made where it's it's free money for your employees. It's not free money for you for a business. No, uh, no, you won't. Right. You won't be forgiven if you don't use it towards payroll. Right. So, but if the it problem goes that most employees- of us are. Yeah. Yeah, so but the problem most of us are having is like we don't have employees. Right. So so it ends up being a loan that you're gonna have to pay back, but it has the uh, benefit of keeping you in business so that you can employ people yes. moving forward and continue mm-hmm. employing the people that you have. Exactly. I mean, I think exactly. it's a really good program and I kind no, of it is. I kind of I, I wanted to walk through that because I think it's really dangerous that certain certain people in politics have tried to make this whole package look like it's pro-business, anti-workforce. Mm. And it's just clearly not the case. Well, it's, it's so not the case because what, you know, what, I don't know, most people don't understand is it. like, it's not, employees are a part of what we pay, what we, our expenses go to, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, it's not expensive. That's just labor. Um, but there's all these other things that go into a business surviving that if you don't pay your rent and if you don't pay your utility bills and the loans you have and all that kind of stuff, you can't employ employees. No, right. <laughs> you're so, going to go out of business. You're going to go out of business. So it's like, it, it's, there's, there's no one to employ those people. So right. it's, it, there has to be some relief for businesses that are asking or have been told to shut their doors. Right. And so I think that's that's the part that makes it feel like this is this is a more free act in that we understand that we're asking you as a business owner to close your doors or to be restricted and therefore we're going to compensate you for that because we're asking this of you. And so there there it feels like there's more of a dialogue there. Like if it was just like, hey, "No, you close your doors." Yeah, but it also doesn't feel like it, out. it also doesn't feel like compensation for businesses. It feels like compensation for businesses insofar as they put that money into their employees' pockets, which is good for their employees because they remain employed. Mm -hmm. And the rest isn't compensation because it isn't forgivable, so it's a loan. And it's a loan that's needed. It's a loan needed Mm -hmm. right now that maybe you couldn't have gotten from a bank otherwise. So it's the government doing something really good. Mm-hmm. But it, it, compensation for closing your doors doesn't feel like the right way to describe it. I mean, my, my, maybe that's not the semantic right way to say it, but it does feel to me like they're acknowledging to me as a business owner who I could not survive if the government didn't step in and help us through this. Like I'm eating through a line of credit, like ninety to nothing right now, right? And also, I would just have hedging to open your my bet. doors. Yeah, just hedging your bet that you're going to open up soon enough that you can start paying that back. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, you're going to see a lot of small businesses not survive if that if that were not to have happened, if the government would not step in. Mm-hmm. And so there would be so many people unemployed if if there was not that helping that helping part of the uh, PPP and the EIDL. Which I think are fantastic as far as government is concerned. 
it's probably one of the best uh, help help situations they've done, <laughs> yeah. which is which is pretty pretty big for me to say. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but again, I've uh, you know also it's like I think I I kept a lot more people because of the promise of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about the. Um interchange of security and fear and that word compensation Mm -hmm. and and maybe when I think about it in terms of security and fear and giving up you're being asked to give up some freedom and that you can't operate your business the way that you want to and employ the or and you can't employ the people that you want to you can't you can't care for the workforce that you had Mm -mm. so you're giving up that freedom and in exchange you are you are receiving some security as you as are your employees Mm-hmm. Um, currently employed and or for furloughed, mm-hmm. y- you are receiving some inc- some security for all of that from the government in exchange for those freedoms. And I think I can see why the word compensation does seem to fit. Well, also, I mean, the TWC, the Texas Workforce Commission, all they're doing with unemployment is is phenomenal. They're doing a fantastic job, like mm-hmm. as far as providing people that were laid off with. Uh, with funds and stuff like that to live. I mean, uh, I kind of feel like this was a fairly comprehensive. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's always going to be people that abuse the system and that kind of stuff. I'm, so I'm not really talking to to those types of situations, but yeah. um, but for the most part, I feel like this has been a fairly comprehensive move across the board from hmm. you know employees to employers to on up the line. Uh, small business, you know, middle, middle business and large business. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. It's just, it's just, it'll be fascinating to see how, because for us as, as small business owners, like you, you can't, it's not just about the next three months. Like, like I, once everyone says, okay, flip the switch back on, it's like this could take six months to a year for us to get our businesses into an op, like a, cash flow positive right. <laughs> space, you know? Right. So we also have to be aware of, we can't just hire everybody back and then go out of business, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a long, we have a long road ahead of us into mm-hmm. an unknown space. It's yeah. not going to be a road back to old normal. It's going to be a road mm-hmm. that's going to take a lot of defining of what new normal should look like. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to be a years long process, if not a decades long process. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the, even with uh, the PPP thing is like you know you can use this money, but they're also not re- they're not telling us to hire everybody back. You know, because that would be just suicide for us because we would hire everybody back, but then to do then what? once that money yeah, and then once that money ran out, then it's sort of like. Sorry, we're closed for good now, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that's I feel like they they gave us enough leeway but that you'll be held responsible for whatever money that is that you don't use towards mm-hmm. payroll. I'm glad to hear your take on this as a it's not something we've talked about before, but as a business mm-hmm. owner, a small business owner in this climate um that helps sort of connect some of the, some of sort of what you hear in the news with real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, it's really confusing. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of different, you know, especially restaurant and coffee shop areas owners a lot. And, uh, I mean, everyone's just really uncertain about all these things, but at the same time, I, I feel there's a certain amount of still optimism in the air. Hmm. And, uh, maybe it's just cause everyone's crazy. You have to be to <laughs> be in the <laughs> volatile industry yeah. <laughs> of, of restaurants. And <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of crazy gene in there somewhere. I don't know. Just to own a restaurant in the first place. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I get it. Uh huh. But I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, does your company, do you guys, do they, do they speak about any of this stuff or is it kind of just business as usual for the most part? My company is so large that, you know, the, when you say they, like, I don't really know who they is. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, there's half a million people work for my company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's so many onion layers of leadership levels that, you know, it's hard, it's hard to ever have a, a unified sort of trickle down message. So I'm not really sure. And mostly I filter it all out because there's just way too many emails to start with. Yeah. Well, that'd be, I mean, there's also like, there's that security in a larger company like that. In that, Yeah. I, I assume there is, I'm sort of feeling that as, but it's an assumption on my part. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, your business was affected hour one of this. Yeah. My business is so large that it's not going to be affected for a while. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. To, it's just so hard to turn a ship that big. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to tell. And if, if my company is negatively affected, it will probably be negatively affected really actually as we start to come out of this, not now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reverberations of this are just going to take so long. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's probably true of a lot of larger companies. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, in a sense, it kind of provides a certain amount of stability. You know, I mean, well, I mean, also you have companies like HEB that are, you know, I mean, they're probably doing really well right now. Yeah. And so, you know, as long as the supply chains are are still good, which, I mean, would make sense. I mean, HEB needs products and they're, you know, those companies want to provide those products. (laughs) So... So there is a certain comfort well, in that, I guess. <clears throat> and it does seem like the supply chains are intact. And another interesting observation, and I haven't really heard anything about this yet, um, is that prices aren't going up. It could be really easy to inflate, to to increase price right now because demand is so high. Mm-hmm. And it's not happening. And that's not by government mandate. It's not, I mean, no. you know, it's not even by mention of the government. I think for the most part, it's probably business owners exercising their freedom in a free market to say, I'm not going to raise prices right now. People need things. We have a social Mm -hmm. contract. We have a relationship as a community that I think we're kind of just now getting to know or relearn for the first time that, that we have a relationship as a country with each other and that's why I'm going to wear a mask. That's why I'm going to wash my hands is because I have a relationship with my community. And 
I don't need a mandate to do it. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need the force we were talking about earlier, the, the force to require, I don't need that to do it. And it seems to me that about 95% of Austin is in the same position and the people in control of the supply chains and the grocery stores are in the same position to, they're not going to raise prices right now when they could, because HEB is probably doing great. It's probably been one of their best months I would imagine in a while. Yeah. Um, I would expect that to remain true, but I don't know. I haven't heard anybody sort of theorize about this yet. Well, it's interesting, like the the stress of these things, like you'd almost think, because you do see that happening where most companies are not raising prices or even, they're even, like I've seen a lot of delivery people, uh, delivery, uh, like DoorDash and stuff like that, actually running promotions and specials. Hmm. I mean, I think I think some of it has to do with just good business sense too. As far as like, hey, you know, if we get people used to this now, then they'll want to do this into the future too. Right. And so, <clears throat> I think some of it makes just good business sense. You know, here's a time of need. It's like, well, if I can meet that need now, maybe they'll want to use me further on into the future. Well, that's certainly true. I mean, I think that this whole thing is going to really change the way we interface with. Um, What, what is the word for the industry? Like the grocery store, like things that you need that you go out and get. Mm-hmm. There's a word for that. I don't know. But um, delivery is going to be a lot bigger coming out of this and it's going to remain so. You know, we already saw like the increase in curbside pickup and um, like boutique delivery applications. That, that's been happening for several years. Um, HEB bought favor, um, delivery apps, curbside apps, things like this have been coming and now they're really getting put to the test and people are using them who wouldn't have used them otherwise. And they're going to continue to use them at least some percentage of people. I mean, I'm in the unique situation where I would much prefer to go pick, to go somewhere and pick something out than to have it delivered to me. But that's certainly not true of everyone. Um, but I think coming out of this, those industries are going to be much more heavily utilized. Yeah. Well, I think that's like, that's a character thing too, is like if businesses can act with character in these types, in these moments. Right. And show like, I don't know the right words, equanimity or is that the right word? Equanimity? Is that a word at all? Uh, <laughs> it's a word <laughs> for sure. Whether I, whether I applied it correctly, I don't know. Uh, good, Somebody good, let us know. Look it yeah, up. Good favor or, or goodwill uh-huh. during these times. You know, it's like there is, that does reflect well on their businesses going forward. So I think, well, I think there's a lot of that happening. Absolutely. And again, HEB is absolutely killing it right now. And they were already... We're not sponsored by HEB. No, so. we're not. I mean, I grew up <laughs> shopping at HEB. That's been, always been my grocery store. And I've, mm-hmm. there's always kind of been like a culty thing around HEB because they've also they've always been beloved by their customers. And the fact that they're stepping up and winning this hard right now, yeah. that's going to pay dividends to that, to that company for generations to come. Yeah. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, so thankful that who, whatever culture was established within that company that 
got them motivated. And, you know, shopping there, I see none of their employees that I interact with are hesitant. They're not like trying to like, they're not scared. They're not, they're, they're engaged. They feel like they have a mission. They have a purpose. They're excited Mm -hmm. to talk to me. They're excited that I'm getting groceries there. They're excited to be doing their job. And that's amazing. That speaks to the culture that was created before this pandemic. And, and, HEB is now utilizing that to not only be like a backbone of uh, people's livelihood or or their, and health, like ability to stay healthy and alive, um, but to do so in such a ready and loving way and such a prepared, thoughtful way. I mean, that's that's incredible. So well, I, I think when I, the reason I went down that HEB rant is because you said that was, that was super inspiring, man. I'm like, man, <laughs> <take> some notes. <laughs> companies, uh, going through this with character and, and they're one mm-hmm. of them going through this with character. Uh, by the way, I think you are too. Um, no, thanks. like the, the sort of level of love and care and excitement that I see coming out of your staff through social media and, even through like the way that y'all have ramped up local delivery, which I've engaged with. And, mm-hmm. um, that that's been, uh, just a really like hopeful kind of light in our community. And I've experienced oh, cool. that and, and it's something to be thankful for. Yeah. It's like, I have to give credit to Stephanie on that one. She, uh, <laughs> she really, she really kicked the, kicked the ball of the park, <laughs> hit the ball of the park. <laughs> We're playing kickball here. <laughs> We're playing kickball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she killed it on that. I was really impressed with her. She, she nailed the, mm. it's been cool. I want to wrap another, um, local company for this, for having character. Um, so there's a food truck, uh, outside of butterfly bar called Patrizzi's, which has some of the best Italian food in Austin and not only some of the best Italian food in Austin, but some of the best employees in Austin, there's always a line. And when you're in the line, one of like, they, I think must hire people specifically to, to just work the line. So, Hmm. so people that work there will come down the line. They usually have a platter of like taste test stuff. And then they'll, they'll stop and talk to you for like, minutes and Mm -hmm. get a line of 30, 40 people. They're stopping and talking to you like, Hey, how you doing? What you thinking about getting tonight? Have you been here before? What do you like? Uh, we got this special. I mean, they're, they're sort of serving the waiter function, but in a line at a food truck and they'll talk Mm -hmm. to you about the food as long as you want to talk about the food because they're just jazzed about the food. (laughs) I love Patrice's. So anyways, they were going to open a brick and mortar um, on Manor next to Daidue, just across the street from where their food truck was. And this was all happening right as the shutdown happened. And so I, I don't understand the mechanics of this or how this worked, but they just said, uh, well, we can't open the brick and mortar in this state. So we're going to essentially open a community kitchen and hmm. we're going to start serving our new menu there. And if you want food, uh, come get food and it's, we're going to make it free. And so, Whoa. um, it's not sort of like a free for all that you got to go to their calendar and sign up. I think they're sort of allowing like five people every 15 minutes during from like 11 to one or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you got to sign up mm-hmm. advance. Um, I went today and, uh, they've really got their system down. Uh, you, you sort of talk to somebody outside and then you, you go in and it's just, uh, 
two guys in the kitchen and, uh, Ben, I assume is the chef or owner. I don't know, but he just, I've been twice and I've talked to him and I just, and just thanked him for what he was doing for like adding a sense of sort of normalcy and excitement in this time. And, and like feeding good food to people because otherwise mm. I'm cooking for myself and you know, like I'm a pretty good cook, but I can't keep it up all that much. Like I'm you know, eating a lot of PBJs. So, um, just thanking him for that. And he, he takes the time to be like, all right, here's your food. And I'm going to talk you through exactly what it is, how we made it, where the idea came from, um, mm. what every ingredient is. And like, I'm ha- having this interaction with a chef in a way that I never would otherwise, unless, you know, the, the like one time he happens to come by my table at a nice restaurant and ask me how I'm doing, you know, I'm having yeah. this one-on-one interaction, just the two of us in this building. Hmm. So super cool, tons of character. I don't know how he's financially doing it Dude, or if it will last, me. but if they make it through this, I think that what they're paying into the community now is going to pay back to them tenfold once they Damn. reopen. Yeah. So that's super cool. That's super inspiring. Yeah. Man, what was it called again? Uh, the food truck is Patrizzi's. The brick and mortar that they're opening is called Vic and Al's. Vic and Al's, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Man, I want to meet this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> well... I'm still fascinated with this character thing because I think I I, I kind of I'm I'm man I would really love to somehow focus on this and blow I know you and I were kind of heading towards uh, freedom and uh, security but then you you see these you see these people doing certain things within certain limitations but these people are so creative Hmm. in how they're interacting with the community within these restrictions and being, you know, respectful and, and honoring what we're going through right now. And that's just really cool. It's like, I want to see this. I want to, how can we like, how can we (laughs) move this out further? Well, it's interesting. (laughs) The, the, um, emergence of the word character in this. I mean, maybe character in a certain sense is, is emerges out of somebody's freedom to play. So to sort of tweak the dials of freedom and security and say, I'm going to, I'm going to give this for that. I'm going to give up some security for some freedom and some excitement, or I'm going to give up some freedom for some security and longevity and Mm -hmm. to be able to tweak those dials with, with some amount of freedom itself to, adjust that at will and individually to Mm -hmm. create experiences that show character and to create experiences that show love to the community Mm -hmm. that isn't from, that isn't passed down from sort of on high uh, from the government, but, but passed Mm -hmm. down from the members of our community who are working within the boundaries of of the sort of larger set of uh, wider freedom and security boundaries set by society yeah. at large. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, the government could say like, okay, Hey, you're supposed to provide food for everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> here. Do this. Right. <laughs> it's, but there's just, I don't know. That's just really cool. 
it has my it has my brain working right now as far as like man what what kind of cool things can you do during this time yeah it's it's it seems like there's maybe some opportunities right now that we wouldn't see or wouldn't be creative enough to act on without having this these limitations you know like certain amount of limitation is something that is you know like when you have a deadline it's like, oh, I wish I had all the time in the world to be creative and all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. when you have a deadline, it somewhat forces you to be creative and to get something out there that might not be perfect, but it's it's something that would not have been there otherwise if you would have had all the time in the world. Like even whenever I think of, you know, when I was in college, I had all the time in the world, but now that I, you know, own a business and have kids and uh, it's like I'm so much more productive now than I ever was whenever I was in college, but mm-hmm. I also have a lot more restrictions too. So maybe there's something in that. Well, I think limitation and restriction is absolutely necessary for creativity. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's possible to create to be creative without some constraint. Yeah, without constraint, there's just too much potential to be created with to be creative with to, to the point that there's nowhere to begin. So there's so almost like, oh, go ahead. there needs to be some limitation, some constraint to reduce, to reduce the field to a manageable size to where you can engage and then mm-hmm. be creative within that. Yeah. I mean like a distillery making sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, here's a here's an idea. Serves the community. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, should we wrap it up? I think we're at about an hour. Yeah. Little little over, which is kind of what we're targeting for these uh social distance podcasting <laughs> episodes because it's kind of exhausting to be honest. Yeah. Not having a conversation in person. I don't know what that is. <laughs> we could probably unpack that for another hour to be honest. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why <laughs> it's so much more exhausting to have a conversation over FaceTime than it is in person. Yeah. I just, I don't, it's harder to feel your energy, you know? If yeah. That makes sense. You have to be sort of hyper vigilant about paying attention mm-hmm. Yeah. In person, I have, yeah, your your bodily physical energy to sort of engage my attention and in, in mm-hmm. that doesn't require my own effort. And in this case in in uh FaceTime video chat it requires your your own effort to substitute for that. I agree. Yeah. Well, I think we uh we started with uh freedom and security and ended in with character and uh creativity i like that (laughs) also Uh, also got to uh to share some love for a few austin businesses and a few texas businesses so that's Uh that's pretty badass yeah totally so if nothing else guys i hope you made it this far and we're we're uh, we're just you're hearing us work through these thoughts and ideas and uh we're we're in the same boat as you and uh we love you guys and uh character I want to see what I want to see what happens. Yeah, I do too. I do too. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. 
Love you all. See you soon. Love you too, Michael. Bye. We should probably just say Shores of Ignorance too sometime. Oh, at some point we should say Shores of Ignorance. <laughs> hey, welcome and also uh, get out. It's it's time to be done. <laughs> it's time to be done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See y'all. Bye. I like how it's Sports shadowing, baby. Why, baby?